Hey, do I got your attention? You listening? Awesome. Hey, what's up? It's Nick from the Dive Table. I wanted to take a minute to talk to you about our dive clubs. I would really appreciate if you would check out one of our exclusive, all-inclusive dive clubs. Bringing you this content every week does take time and energy, and just like any other item on the market, it requires upfront costs. Lucky for you, we're not in the market of mass production because we only create one product, the dive table. Pretty awesome. I mean, you're sitting here listening to us now. With your support, however, we can start to bring exclusive content to the dive table that we wouldn't otherwise be able to accomplish. Go to our website, www.thedivetable.com, and click on Join a Dive Club. It's right there in the upper right-hand corner. And come on, if you haven't checked out our website already, just browse over there and check it out. Choose a club that best fits your budget and join today. And help us be the diving podcast that brings the most comprehensive stories to your ears. Thank you. Welcome to The Dive Table. I'm Jay Gardner, and with me as always is Mr. Nick Hogle. Nick, how are you doing today? I am doing pretty well. Definitely a little bit over this Texas heat. It's been 100 degree days as far as the eye can see, and it's hot. <laughs> it, is, it is hot. It's like you're doing everything you possibly can to get to the thermocline right now. It's so just like, ah, just... Just give me more gas to sit right here. It's like free air conditioning for 30 minutes or an hour, as long as you can stay down at that depth. What is the thermocline at right now? Uh, I think on the surface, water is like 83, and then you get down to the thermocline, and it's like a few weeks ago, it was like 57. It was really nice, but now it's up to like 67, 68. It's creeping up as well, but it still feels cold. Like yeah, it feels yeah, really oh, yeah. good when you're in that water. Oh man, I've been on a little bit of a hiatus just because I'm looking towards the move. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm like, I need to get out into the water just because it's been been too long. But hopefully that next dive is going to come soon. So, Yes, sir. Well, today we're going to tackle uh, more of a personal conversation. I think that you're going to interview me a little bit. Oof. But we wanted to do this episode. We've been wanting to do this episode for a while. I've been on a journey towards my professional rating so dive master and instructor and that has been a journey to say the least and we i wanted to open up and we've talked a lot about how this episode would go in terms of sharing the good the bad the ugly the details everything about this journey and the reason for this is not self-aggrandizement or for me to maybe it's a little bit of therapy but i think the reason for this is to share the journey that I've had so that it's maybe informative and hopefully entertaining to others that are out there. And maybe you're considering this journey or maybe you've been on the journey and haven't talked about it. And so I think there's some value in talking about not just, hey, I achieved this and it was great, but here's all of the things that happened in the story. And it's somewhat fresh right now. It's somewhat still happening. And so I think this will be a, a fun Maybe a, a bruising episode for me, but I'm I'm ready for it. I took my uh, you know vitamins this morning to be ready to to talk about this uh, this afternoon. No, and the journey is always a a good and cool one to talk about because I feel any person that gets into diving, even that first open water 
uh, certification. That's the start of this journey into scuba. And then there's many different directions as we've kind of spoke about, um, on this podcast, there's many different directions that you can go into. Um, is it just something that's going to be a leisure sport is, do you want to hit, hit that professional level? Do you want to hit that teaching level? Um, like what are you trying to do with it? So it's always interesting to hear somebody's journey, um, just how they got there, things like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to it. Should be good. All right, you ready to do this? Let's dive right in. A podcast for scuba divers everywhere. Take your seat at the dive table with your hosts, Nick Hogel and Jay Gardner. I guess, you know, let's talk about, and we've talked about this before, but, you know, one of the first questions... Um, when you completed your open water, what was your mindset? Were you, I'm going to want, I want to be a professional. I, I want to keep going. I know we've kind of briefly talked about this in uh, previous episodes, but, uh, I guess let's just go back to the beginning of this whole journey. Like, let's talk about that. Yeah. I think in my open water, uh, obviously I fell in love with diving. And it's very easy to do, I think, in your open water. And even though my open water experience, I think, was great until the very last day, which we've talked about. It's been the very last checkout dive. I had a a buddy separation. And, you know, um, I think we talked about this in an episode before. uh, And so go back and listen to that if you want to hear that story. But, you know, I had a great experience up until that moment. And then there was kind of a challenge. Like, do I really love this? You know, do I want to continue? Because I felt about you know, as big as a, you know, the end of a shoelace at the end of my open water class. And so with that, yeah, I came out of that kind of guns blazing, committed to wanting to get better. And I was lucky because I had a dive master to dive with right away. And so I went from open water right into diving every week with a professional that was, you know, looking to have some fun dives who had been only doing working dives. And so I was getting experience pretty rapidly um, under the guidance, quote unquote, of someone I trusted. And so that led me to really that desire thing we talked about in the rescue course about, yeah, I, I want to get better so that I can look him in the eye and say, I've got him. And so I knew at least from probably open water very early on that I at least wanted to go towards rescue. And then as I started to go through some of the other courses, you know, took my advanced and things like that. Um, I I had an idea, man, if I could combine my love for teaching, which is something that I have a love for period and instructing with scuba, that would be pretty awesome. And so I had my sights set on scuba instructor. Eventually I didn't have a timeline. I didn't have like a, by this date or anything like that, but but I, I had thought like, yeah, that was something that I might want to pursue in the future. It wasn't really a business. Like I want to be a scuba instructor as my career it was more of a, I want to advance and I want to be able to provide this experience for other people because I see opportunities where maybe I could contribute and it be better for somebody else than it was for me, those sorts of things. Um, so I know, I know that you started with one organization and then branched out into another organization. Um, and what was that? Like what, how did that come about? Yeah, there was a transition point for me and 
that transition really came out of a desire to get better. And so for me, I think we've talked about the chart on the wall, right? And, and reading that chart. And I started with Patty. And this is not to be a Patty bashing podcast by any means. I'm very thankful to Patty for getting me started. And I thought that it was a great introduction to diving, but I wanted more. And so the next step was, you know, do nitrox and then do, you know, advance and do rescue and do all these things. So I did, I went down the path and I didn't feel I was getting what I wanted. And what I really wanted was I wanted feedback, right? I wanted someone to look at me and say, Hey, our trim could be better in this way. Let's try this in the next dive. Hey, we can, let's get some experience doing X, Y, and Z. It always felt like in those classes that I was taking in the courses I was taking to get better, because that was the main vehicle to get better. I was getting up, oh, checked off the list. You did this right. You know, you did this once you did this once you did this once. And I just felt like that education was really lacking in terms of the depth that I wanted. And I think it all came to a head in one of the courses. And again, this is not, maybe it's not a Patty thing. Maybe it's an instructor based thing. I don't know. I can't speak for all of Patty and all instructors ever, but my experience of it was, you know, we were in an advanced um, course and the instructor looked at the slates that were there and said, oh, you know what? I don't even have to get in the water for this one. Like, I'm like, wait a minute, you don't have to, you don't want to get in the water? Like, what do you mean? We're just going to go like, okay. And, and of course we go and it was a bit of a train wreck under the water with the team that I was diving with and we all got checked off anyways. So I, I felt like pretty early I learned that it was a very transactional model. I paid for a class. If I showed up and did half ass well, then I got my certification and that's not real. I wasn't chasing certifications to get certifications. I was chasing, I want to get better. And so for me, that breaking point was, okay, how do I get better? This is not a path for me. This is not going to work because it's not, it's not producing the results that I want. I'm not enjoying this journey because I feel like it's just, I get, you know, a watered down version of everything. And then yeah, good job. And a pat on the back and a, and a gold cart. So from there, I, I kind of took on my own education, which is not a great idea either, <laughs> but I went to, you know, YouTube and the old books I bought, I went to old bookstores and bought scuba books and read their scuba manuals from however long ago. I went and, you know, researched different instructors and things like that. And I was just like drinking from a fire hose of all the information that was out there, all these podcasts. And so to make it a long story, a little bit longer, I ran across a podcast. I was, you know, in my evening workouts, I work out for about an hour every evening. I'd try to listen to a podcast and I just Google searched, or I think Spotify searched scuba in podcasts. And I came across this podcast from an organization called UTD or Unified Team Diving. And I'm like, okay, cool. Press play another agency. Let's see what this is all about. And I remember listening to that as I was, you know, doing my little run, walk, you know, interval training, going like, I know nothing about scuba. Like I know absolutely nothing. I was blown away by the depth of knowledge that these guys had. And I listened to that podcast probably eight times, just trying to understand what the heck they were talking about and how it related and correlated to my diving in what I wanted to go. And so that led me to sending an email to the CEO of the company 
and saying, hey, like, here's this lowly guy who's trying to get better. Um, I noticed that you guys have this coaching program. I'm really aligned with that. I'd love to talk to someone about that. And I expected to get passed down to somebody and, you know, but no, lo and behold, you know, within, I think it was like eight hours or something like that. I get an email right back from the CEO of the company. He says, Hey, let's set up a call. And that ended up my transition from kind of Patty and the, and the self, you know, driven, I'm going to learn everything I can and just do it myself to UTD and UTD really has changed my diving from, from that moment on, I've, I've become a better diver. I found what I was looking for there. Sorry, that was a long winded no, answer. No, no, I mean, this that's is, the, that's the truth. No, that's, this is what, this is what this episode is about, you know, to talk about the, the journey and, and it's all, it's all, I love it, dude. I think that's great. Um, so what would you say the, you know, main i mean obviously there's a lot of differences but from in your perspective like a patty to a utd what would you say that the two biggest or the the biggest uh differences are like that that's a huge it's a it's a big question and it's hard to answer because there are there are multiple differences that you can juxtapose against each other but i think the biggest one to kind of tackle up front um, and maybe it's worth saying before I answer the whole question that that UTD is built on what's called a DIR, doing it right, or Hogarthian kind of platform, right? So it's it's a different style of diving, let's say, than what your traditional recreational paddy or you know SDI SSI courses are going to teach you in in their just diving approach. And the whole idea of it is that it's scalable. So from, you know, very, very beginnings of, of recreational diving, you're in a long hose and a necklace and a back plate and a wing. And the reason for that is that you learn one procedure, one way of diving that scales all the way up until you're, you know, 400 feet down on a rebreather, right? There, you're not relearning necessarily the basics or, or having to transition from, an octopus, for example, to the long hose, you're, you're starting with those foundations. So that's a difference, but it's not what sets, I think, UTD apart. I think DIR itself is something that's amazing and it is different, but it's not necessarily PADI versus UTD or recreational versus DIR. You can blend those things in. There are, you know, I think PADI instructors I've, I've learned about that are trying to train in a long hose, right? And things like that, because they believe in that. So that's not the main difference, although it is a big one and probably the most obvious. I think the biggest difference between what I was experiencing in recreational scuba and recreational scuba training and what I started to experience in UTD's training is the educational philosophy. In UTD, and in other agencies like UTD, but I think UTD is really kind of the forefront of this. You know, they say up front, hey, you don't pay for certification, you pay for training. Our goal here is to get better, not to get another certification. And so that means that everything slows down. Everything slows down. It's not a weekend course to push out a certification. It's 
taking the time to really understand the material, to work through the philosophy, or to work through the technical ideas slowly and methodically, and then to get in the water. And again, I was doing the coaching program. So in the water work was really with the video camera. And so I'm trying to learn, you know, we can talk about my back kick for a while uh, later, but you know, I'm working on my back kick. That was hours in the pool really with a video camera working through that, or I'm working through a, a valve drill or a gas switch procedure. All of that is happening via video. And then I would send in that video and I would get feedback and I would say, okay, you know, here's where we can improve that. I'll watch the video and just seeing yourself on video, you already know, right? You already know the things that you need to improve. And so the next time you're in the water, you're hopefully improving those things and so on and so forth. So it's a slower process full of not only feedback on your diving via video review, but feedback on the technical mastery and the academic mastery of the concepts that you're having. And for me, slowing it down, really allowing me to get stuck in certain pieces, uh, for example, decompression theory, uh, it was something that's fascinating to me, was a huge difference from what I found with the recreational scuba training that I was going through and my transition into UTD and, and something that I think was extremely valuable for me was the ability to, to go slower and to get quality and feedback often uh, as often as I possibly could. Um, I need to stop saying, um, sorry, Daniel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh so I guess let's talk about the, so I'm, I'm just a person walking off the street. I don't have a scuba certification coming in with that mindset. Uh, we have one side, the, the sport diving recreational side of it. And then we have the, the other side, the DIR coaching type thing. Uh, I guess talk me a little bit about, you know, not, not convince me, but just, you know, the coaching side of it. What, what is, what comes with all of that? Like, what was your journey? Like if, if you're going to tell me like, Oh, you want me to be your student, you know, what the coaching side of it, I guess. Yeah. So coaching from a philosophy standpoint is really to have somebody in your corner that's on the journey with you. So if you go back to you know, Tolkien and, and the Lord of the Rings <laughs> and you back Frodo. that out into right in Frodo uh, or Star Wars or any of these things. There's this thing, Joseph Campbell, the hero with a thousand faces. And I really subscribe to this idea. So if you haven't read that, it's a monster book. Um, I, I don't know if you'll get through it all, but you can look up the hero's journey and understand the basics of, of the hero's journey. And really what a coach is, is playing that role of, of Yoda, for example, in Star Wars or of Gandalf in The Lord of the Rings. It's that mentor slash wizard slash whoever that comes alongside the hero and is, you know, going on the journey with them. But the journey is the hero's their own. It's not the coach's journey. It's the hero's journey. And so that is from a philosophical standpoint, kind of the position of the coach is to be the, the guide, the supporting system, the, the one with, um, you know, the extra special knowledge and tools to help you achieve what you're trying to achieve. And so in the coaching program itself, what you end up getting is one, you get the ability to really focus on what you want to become as a diver. And at that point, I didn't really know, right? I didn't know. I, I want the word better was what I wanted, right? 
And so some of the advice was, we'll go get some experience and try some different things out. So I did. And we've talked about this before that, you know, for me, I found my light bulb moment in scuba, you know, in a, in a very large restriction, let's call it that. It wasn't a, it wasn't really a restriction, but in a cavern, you know, through a swim through, uh, in Mexico, I went, boom, this is where I want to be. And so I came back and told my coach, like, this is where I want to be. I want to be in the caves. Like, that's what I want to train towards. And so in the coaching program, what ends up happening is you talk about those goals. You talk about where you want to be eventually, what type of diving you want to accomplish. And then from there, it really gets broken down into weekly programs. So you get either daily or, or every other day, it's up to you kind of how aggressive you want to be, but you're getting content number one. So you're getting the ability to take content, um, digest content and, and read through it, watch the videos, whatever it might be. That's assigned, listen to the podcast, all different kinds of, of content to look at that's being provided to you. That's relevant to whatever we're focused on. You get exercises. So you get assignments to do like one of my favorite ones is called bolt snap buoyancy. So you get in the water and you literally put a bolt snap, um, you know, two bolt snaps, uh, a meter apart or, you know, three meters apart, wherever you want to work on. And you literally video yourself going from one stopping for 30 seconds, going up to the other one, stopping for 30 seconds, going down to the next one, stopping for 30 seconds. And you do this for 10 minutes, right? 10 minutes of up and down, up and up. So those are exercises. And then you get video review, which is I shot the video. I send in the video. I think I send in videos like every Friday and it was like, Oh no, <laughs> I don't want to send this video. It's trash, but you got to send it, right? You got to send it. So you send in the videos. And so you get video review feedback on the video. And obviously you get calls and things like that, that you're, you're talking to your coach. And so all of that to me was a very reasonably priced. I think it was like a hundred bucks a month um, for all of that. And I got every day, I got a little dose of scuba. I got a little bit better from a knowledge or academic or exercise perspective. And I had someone who had been there who has done this before, who not coaching, or he had done coaching before, but has done this diving in my corner. And then on top of that, the extra benefits were, you know, just, they seem marginal things, but they're big things, you know, guidance on gear and buying gear. What do I need next and why, and how can I do that? How could I do this a little bit cheaper? You know, and I'm like, oh, well, I need to send my dry suit off to get the P valve installed. My coach was like, no, you don't. Like, he's like, you could do it yourself. I'm like, no, I can't. I'm not putting a hole in my dry suit. So yes, you can. Uh, <laughs> let's do it together. Like, okay. And so we did. And so those sorts of things, although they seem kind of on the sideline, were huge for me because they've really given me an education, not only on the academics of scuba and the mechanics of diving, but also on navigating the industry in some ways of what to buy and when and how and how to service gear and so on and so forth, which was really good. I mean, are you convinced, by the way? You're, are you ready to become my coaching client? Oh, maybe, maybe. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. I guess we'll find out by the end of this show. Um, so is UTD, is it different in a sense where is it all coaching or is there, I'm just going to go and take a class and then move on? Or is it all like, it, like, do you understand the question I'm asking? Yeah. Is it like strictly a coaching? Like, oh, I'm a, I'm a member. I have to, you know, continually 
pay dues or I'm just coming in, I'm taking a course and then I'm moving on? Yeah, it's both. So you, you can take courses. I think that the organization is moving more towards trying to get people into coaching. Um, and then when you end up doing the quote unquote checkout dives as they're referred to in, in a lot of the recreational side, but when you end up doing the course dives with the instructor in the water, those are the outcome of all of the coaching that you've already put in. So it's not like you're getting, you know, a fire hose of content the week before you're in the water with the instructor. The idea is to spread it out a lot longer. But with that being said, not everybody is in the coaching program that takes a course from UTD. So you can still do what you might consider a traditional course where you're getting content, you're going through that content online, you're doing classroom work with the, the instructor prior um, via, via Zoom or in person, depending on what instructor you're working with. And then you're having you know a weekend or week or however long it takes um, time in the water with the instructor. I think the difference is that, you know, the it's really clear in the UTD standards for the instructors. It says, never feel pressure to certify somebody if they're not ready. And so it's really upfront. Hey, it's likely you might not get certification out of this, right? If we're ready for certification, great. But the goal is to train you how to practice and to make sure that you're ready for this level of diving to then earn that certification down the road. And so it isn't that transactional model. And I'm sure there are some, you know, have been in the past and still will be in the future transactions that happen in UTD. But from my experience so far, it's been very rare. It's been very much so about the training and about the diver getting better than it is about the outcome of the certification. Um, and so that's, that's been my experience with it so far, which I've very much appreciated. I don't think it's for everybody. I think some people do desire that certification out of, you know, the work and I, and I can understand that, you know, you put in some work and, and you feel like you're proficient enough. Like I can understand that. But for me, like that wasn't my like goal. My goal was I want to get better and I know that I want to be a cave diver. And so if I want to be a cave diver, I better make sure my stuff is tight and I don't want to be told, hey, you're doing a great job when I'm not, you know, or I'm or I can be better. So I want to be told, hey, good job on this, but here's seven things you should work on. And that's hard. It's hard to swallow, especially over like a year's time <laughs> to keep on hearing that. Um, but it's made me better. And so if if I would say that there are both, but I think the majority and the real value um, for me, at least, has come from the coaching side, slowing things down working on a more one-to-one basis has been extremely valuable for me. Cool. So let's talk about the professional journey. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Um, So at what point, so when you got into the coaching program, you as a student or, or yeah, student, I should say. Yeah, sure. uh, Was it, Okay, I'm going to go pro. I mean, I know you said as soon as you got in that first open water class, you saw it in the future. You didn't know exactly when. Uh, when how, when, and how did you approach that? Okay, this is the company that I want to, quote unquote, become a professional 
you know, whatever that means in, in the world. <laughs> um, we're still trying to figure that out, but let's, let's talk about, you know, how that evolved, how it came about and how that evolved. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting story. So at that point for me, once I'd become a coaching client or a student, um, the idea of being an instructor was way off for me. I, I wasn't even considering that at that point because I had that feeling. I know nothing, right? There's no way I can instruct this because I know nothing. And so I just sat in being a coaching client and enjoyed that and never really brought up to my coach, my instructor, like, I want to push towards being an instructor. I had mentioned, hey, at some point I do instruction for my career. I think this would be a cool blend, but that's not my goal. My goal is to be in the caves and to get better as a diver. So it wasn't really on my mind. It wasn't something I was working towards. It wasn't something that I envisioned a timeline on per se uh, when, when I joined the leadership program. So the way that that happened was my coach happens to live in San Diego. I'm originally from San Diego. We were back home as a family for Christmas time. And I said, hey, while I'm here, why don't we get in the water together? Why don't we you know, work together? And he said, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm running this course. Why don't you come and assist me on the course? And you know, we can, we can work together too on some things that you want to work on. I said, oh yeah, that sounds great. Tell me when and where I'll be there. So packed up all my dive gear and the family, went to San Diego ended up meeting up. We worked on um, some side mount actually rigging and things that I was working on together. And then we got in a pool session with this uh, student. And little did I know that behind the scenes, my wife had actually reached out to him and said, hey, I want to provide a Christmas gift for my husband. You know, here here's some thoughts. And they had been scheming about putting me in the leadership program at that point. Unbeknownst to me, I had no idea. So I get in the pool. I didn't know at the time, but it was kind of what you could say an audition <laughs> or a, or a, a tryout or something. Yeah, I don't know what word you want to use there, but it, it was essentially assessing me in person rather than through video and my interaction with the student and trying to help them. And I wasn't in any professional capacity in that. I was just kind of there assisting, you know, hanging out with my coach basically. And from that, uh, I got a video on Christmas morning that said, that was from my coach that said, Hey, Jay, you know, based on your performance, based on everything I know about you, everything that we've been working on, I'm really excited to welcome you into UTD leadership. And I was like blown away because I, I was not expected. And so my decision to become a professional with UTD was really predicated on the fact that I it, UTD had changed my diving and my whole goal of instructing or becoming a pro, whatever that means was to help others on that journey. And so to me, it was a no brainer transition with UTD. Um, and the alignment with the coaching program was huge. Uh, I think that uh, to my knowledge today, it's really the only organization that I know of in scuba that has that sort of formal setup. And I really appreciate that setup. And so for me, it was a no brainer for that organization the timeline was was really what was different for me in the sense that it kind of just happened and I got accepted into the program, which is a whole thing, right? Getting accepted into their program. I don't know if it's, you know, prestigious that it, that there's a low acceptance rate like Harvard 
or if it's just, you know, they're, they're more picky or I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Right. Because I didn't go through the process in earnest by myself. We kind of went through it in the back channels, um, that I was really excited to be accepted to the program. And that was almost, gosh, that's now eight months ago. So it's a long time ago. Uh, so obviously with the slowing things down, I'm sure that there's no particular timeline for any individual on the leadership program. Um, what, what were the things that changed from the coaching program to the leadership program? Yeah. So that's a really good question. And I think that here's where the story goes a little wonky in some ways in my mind is that Although you're right in the coaching program, there aren't specific timelines. There are general like, hey, let's focus on this for three weeks or for a month and let's see where we are and assess and then go back from there. In the coaching program or in the lead, sorry, in the leadership program, it was a little more structured in the sense that we had looked at, okay, here's the process for becoming an instructor, which was the goal. And so here's the process. Here's the things we have to go through. And it culminates in this IDC. And we're going to try to do this in-person IDC alongside of this skills camp that was happening, you know, three and a half, four months from when I started the program. So there was kind of a, a timeline of three to four months of the leadership program that was, I don't want to say rock solid locked in, but it was presented, you know, it was as this is kind of the path that we're going to go through. And so in the leadership program, some of the differences were, one, I joined a cohort of other instructor candidates. So there were four of us all together. Um, one ended up having to drop out for life reasons. They, they were going through some college stuff and had to focus on that. But so there's a cohort of us that were spread across the country that were in the same group going through essentially the same program together. So we were getting the same content. We had a weekly meeting that was scheduled for like an hour. It always went like three hours and we were able to discuss that stuff. But then the content started to change. And so the content was um, one, really getting some mastery on the theory behind diving. So everything from decompression, which is really important and how we manage decompression to, to gas selection, to... Uh, techniques and things like that. And so the theory um, piece was really strong and that was coupled with not just the theory, but then how do you teach that? And so the, the leadership course was much more about how do you teach rather than how do you dive? Very different. The coaching program was how do you dive? The leadership program was how do you teach others how to dive? And so we focused a lot on building block education. We focused a lot on understanding techniques of how to teach and show and instruct and demonstrate and communicate with students. Um, and so it was kind of a masterclass in teaching itself rather than a masterclass in scuba, if you can you know, track the differences between those. But then sprinkled in that, the, the backbone of all that was the theory of, of behind diving and, um, and some of the really, really depth of what we needed to understand from a not only scientific standpoint, but from an evolution of diving as a sport standpoint um, and the choices that you make in, in that diving and in that journey and how we are making those choices and how we can help others make those choices. And so it was a lot of work 
Um, and then on top of that, I should say, it wasn't just all that. On top of that, it was also a requirement for personal skills. So we had to have our personal skills dialed in. So things like what we call basic six, um, right, which are the basic six skills um, that you need to have dialed in, you know, regulator, remove and replace, regulators, exchange, you know, recovery, mass clearing, you know, air share, but valve drills and SMB shoots and gas switches and all these sorts of things, propulsion techniques, all of those were personal skills. And those weren't, you know, the standards say for us that those aren't just like, can you do it once? It was, can you do it multiple times in trim with perfect buoyancy, perfect buoyancy being measured by up or down, right, uh, six inches. So the video literally was, take the video, do the skills. If you lose buoyancy within six inches, whatever a foot, like, nope, that's not good enough, right? Let's go back and do it again. And so it was not only how to teach the theory of diving, how to teach others the theory of diving, but then personal skills to, to a level that needed to be, I would say, close to perfection in a lot of ways. All of that was boiled into the leadership program, and it was very intensive and amazing. I mean, my, my knowledge on diving, my skills in diving just skyrocketed, and it was because I was putting in the work every single day I was putting in the work, whether it was just trying to understand Boyle's Law, you know, at a different, from a different degree or uh, trying to research Haldane and understand, you know, exactly where these compression tables came from and things um, to, you know, working my ass off on my back kick forever because that was the one. I mean, everything else was was fine, but then get to back up and it was just like, oh, my gosh, I don't know why my body can't do this. So but I put in the work, put in the work, put in the work and my diving and my myself as a person, I grew an immense amount from putting in that work in that program. So there was the the three month, three to four months, is that what you said? Four months, from, yeah, somewhere from in there. the time the, the leadership program started to um, when you guess uh, is it is it called it's an IDC, yeah, I'm yeah. assuming, yeah. Um, so how, tell us a little bit about I guess you know, you talked about the going through the leadership program. What was the end result? How did that all come or work out? I should say. Yeah. So again, this is where the story gets a little, a little wonky, a little tough. And and I'm sharing the good, the bad, the ugly. And I think that uh, I'm not trying to pick on Patty or UTD or say one's better than the other one or anything like that. But just sharing what I, what happened for me, at least my perspective of what happened. That's all I have. <laughs> So yeah, everything was culminating up into this four month, you know, thing that was called a skills camp. Now, skills camp was a brand new concept as well. So that's one of the things I really appreciate about UTD that has a double-edged sword. On one end of the sword, because UTD is relatively new, and, and by relatively new, what I mean is they've been around uh, for about 10, 11 years, something like that. But the UTD equipment and UTD training split now about three years ago. So as a training organization only, UTD is about three years old, right? And the original story from this all is that it was spun out with Andrew Georgitsis from who's the training director at GUE. UTD spun out of GUE with Andrew and now Jeff Zeckendorf, who's my coach and the CEO. Um, they founded UTD scuba diving and it's all the DIR focused stuff. And so it's not like 
DIR is brand new and they're just figuring this stuff out. No, it's it's been around somewhat canonized through GUE and UTD, but they're new in the sense that in the last three years, they've really had to shape around being a training agency only, right? Because there was a split in the company and now it's just training. So I was part of the training side of the organization. And so the double-edged sword here is on one end, it's awesome because I keep on seeing UTD trying new things. And I love that ethos. We're going to try something. We're going to see if it works. It's probably not, but let's see how it goes, right? And Skills Camp was one of those things. Um, I think the leadership program in the format that we had it in coaching was one of those things. So we were the first class in that. And then we're the first ones to kind of show up at the Skills Camp. And so Skills Camp was this idea that, Divers show up, you know, from all around the country and we're going to spend, I think it was like four or five days in the pool working on skills. And it was all different levels of divers from, and all different platforms. So back mount doubles, side mount, back mount singles. We didn't have any rebreather divers there. Um, that would look funny when you know, a <laughs> rebreather in a pool. Um, but I mean, if you got to train it, you got to yeah, train it. Yeah. So, uh, so all these folks coming from all different places. And we were going to focus on skills. There was no certification outcome. There was no advancement of, you know, your C card. It was simply, you know, an ability to work on skills and be there with world-class instructors. So, you know, there were instructors that had flown in from UT to be there. And then we were added on to the schedule. So for us, it was kind of the IDC slash skills camp. For everybody else, it was the skills camp, right? And... It was a little fuzzy in terms of what that would look like. And I think it was fuzzy because honestly, I don't think they knew. And they were trying to kind of play jazz and we were all amped up. At this point, I'm amped up on the program. You know, we're cramming beforehand. We're working our tails off. We're talking every day as a, as a cohort, leadership cohort. How many people were, were in the or how many people were you with when you say we? So there are three of us that were part of the part of the leadership cohort, and two of us were going to skills camp. Okay. So it was kind of billed as, in my understanding, was the culmination of all the work that we put in for the last four months. And so it wasn't really clear, other than we got assigned in a lecture or assigned a lecture that we needed to do on one of the mornings. We um, were asked to be there, right, as basically dive masters and assisting and my understanding on day one was you know hey we're going to be there we're representing utd um we're going to have time to you know do our lecture and then get in the water dive master observe the instructors doing what they're going to do and at some point they're going to point at us and we're going to do it and then they're going to take us off to the side and they'll say hey here's where you could do better or here's something that you didn't know let's work on that and then we'll go back to the students so that was kind of how what i had envisioned in my mind and that was never explicit. It was more implied. And I think that maybe us as a leadership cohort had tried to make sense of what that was going to be. And that's the best we came up with. And at the end of that was, you know, hey, we're going to earn our UTD instructor certification. Like, this is going to be awesome. So, it's, you know, we built up emotionally <laughs> and told the friends, you know, and the family, like, this is what I'm doing. It's, it's a big moment. A week. It is. Um, and so that was the lead up to the IDC that was held in San Diego. Okay. How, well, how did that all unfold? Not well. 
<laughs> well, I guess let's talk about that. Yeah. So this is where this is where uh, again, um, you know, I might piss some people off, but I think if we're honest about it, it didn't go well for us. The skills camp itself for the participants, I think everyone that went, and I think there were twelve or thirteen divers, just loved it. Thought it was great. And that was the first one held. First one ever. They they loved it. You cool. know, there was a dinner. We had there were lectures. My lecture went really well. Um, I did a lecture on balanced rig and proper weighting. That went really well. I was feeling good day one. Right? Yeah, nailed my lecture. Um, felt good about it. All right, now it's time to get in the water. And we start with no gear. We start with just simple trim and buoyancy without gear, right? And so we're working through with students one-on-one with that, right? Feeling good about it. And so How many day process is the skills camp? So it was four days um, total. And I think that there were optional four and five days to to dive and people elected to stay at the pool. Oh. So we're going to go out to Catalina. And oh, on the fifth day the, to go dive. Or yeah, something. the fourth cool. and fifth day. But yeah. people elected that they want to stay in the pool and keep working. Oh, okay, um, cool. Which was cool. Uh, so day one was was going really well up until we get in the water. And that's going well. I'm working one-on-one with students. And we progress from, you know, no gear to, you know, hanging a long hose to adding a weight or two here. Again, just in a bathing suit. To then eventually, once you've got your trim and your buoyancy nailed to a degree, right? I mean, it's not nailed, but it's it's workable with nothing, no gear on. We then start to add in the gear to see the changes that that brings that you have to manage with your buoyancy and trim. So we start doing that and people are progressively putting on their gear and getting in the pool. And it's been a lot of one-on-one, not a lot of structure work um, where I have a group that's mine, you know, that I'm supposed to, it's just kind of go and do, right? It was, it was, it's trial by error. It's getting thrown in the deep end of the pool. No big deal. And so I remember, you know, people are kind of swimming around. We had two lanes in this big pool, you know, and people are swimming around and practicing and I'm kind of overseeing quote unquote, just watching everybody and, you know, jumping in where someone needs help and things like that. And it's a clown show. It really is. It's a total clown show. There's no order. It's people are doing whatever they want at this point. And I remember- Was this the first- I not first IDC, but you said it was a new program. So this was the the, the culmination of this new program. This is the first time that they're trying to pack IDC inside of Skills Camp, inside of the all, all new. Yeah, everything's new. Okay. Um, and I think you know, in in retrospect, that that was the problem when you when you something had to drop, and it ended up in, in the ending of the story. You'll hear it ended up being us. Right, we're the ones that had to kind of get dropped out of the program. We didn't know it at that time, day one. But I remember, it, like I said, it's kind of a clown show. Everyone's swimming around wherever, and and we're just there. Me and my my counterpart, my, the other instructor, Kenneth, are there. Like, okay, my assumption was, hey, I'm here as a dive master, as assistant. Like, I don't know who's supposed to be taking control, but <laughs> I'm making sure everyone's safe in the water and no one no one drowned. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm working on. And I remember the instructor came over to me. Um, who I love now, um, but at the time we, we it was a struggle. Um, his name is James Mott, and James came up to me and said, uh, "Hey, this is a real clown show." And I looked at him and said, "Yeah, it is. <laughs> like, what are you going to do about it, buddy? Like, that's that's how I felt about it." And he just looked at me like, "Hey, this is a clown show, man. What's going on?" And I was like, "Yeah, I, I agree." And so was he saying that as in general, or was he like directing that towards you as? Get your shit together. The first time he said it, I thought he was saying it in general. He wasn't. He okay. was saying, hey, get your stuff together. 
The second time he came to me, you know, five minutes later and said, Hey, this is a clown show. What are you going to do about it? And I was like, that's my job. Like, he's like, yeah, what are you going to do? And I remember I just rushed. I was like, you know, that heartbeat of like, I didn't know I was supposed to like Gets control this. Like, <laughs> and I, you know, I had handed my fin to somebody, I, you know, all this stuff to try. I was just there making sure. So I like threw on my gear. I, I was just a mess, right? My, I think my necklace was hanging out behind me and, um, you know, half, half gear on just trying to get some control, get everyone back along a wall and things like that. And, um, and I had no idea I was supposed to be the one that was running things, at least in that, in my mind in that moment. Right. And in his mind in that moment, in James's mind, he was assuming, Hey, they're supposed to be instructor candidates. They're supposed to be running this thing. We had never talked to each other that that was the expectation or it was never set to either one of us. And so again, there's a huge miss right on UTD's part. And I, and I think that, um, again, trying something new, doing something new. I don't think it was intentional. I don't think it was like, let's put these guys in a pressure cooker and really, you know, have a bad time. I think it was just something that got skipped. And and for me, it was, okay, let's go. And so I tried to do my best. Uh, I never trained on how to corral, you know, students underwater, which on the surface, I have a hundred percent confidence in my skill of corralling cats. No problem <laughs> whatsoever. Underwater, it's a whole different game. It's a whole different ball game. And I, that realization came to me very quickly. Like, wow, this is very different. Not being able to use my words, right? Being, having to be so directive with my body and with my communication underwater to get, I mean, even in a pool. And so from there on forward, it was kind of like, oh, and I remember that night we did a video review. We were supposed to kind of do the video review. And there was this whole conversation at the bar that night about, hey, like, you know, are we supposed to, as instructor candidates, be leading the charge here? So there was no like direction given at the beginning saying you, it was all just kind of walked like here we are assume not assuming, but I guess that might be the right word. Yeah, I think that so Jeff Seckendorf was running all this and I'm not calling him out by name for, for fun. Um, I'm calling him out by name because on one end he's trying something brand new and I think he had an optimism that, hey, it will work itself out on the other end. That, that it will work itself out, let a lot of us scratching our heads or at least left me scratching my head going like, I'm not quite sure what the right play is here and I'm not sure I'm equipped yet to actually accomplish what what I think is being asked of me. And so it was just unclear. And I think reality was he probably didn't know yet because it's the first time we've done it this way. So I'm not excusing. I had a, It turned into a really tough experience for me and it, a crushing experience. And I think... When you look at the hero's journey, you know, the course of how that all played out, that is the, it's a hard part, right? It's the hard part. And I hadn't had that hard part yet other than putting in the work. It was the, you know, really tough. Do you even want to dive anymore? Question, right? Like, is this even worth it? Because as the weekend played out, you know, we, it was still back and forth. It was still like I, that night I was like, okay, I guess we're in charge. I'm putting the other agenda for tomorrow. I'm taking control, right? And and so I did. And then like it got corrected halfway through. You know, like no, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to do it this way. It's like, well, okay, oh, like two. yeah. It's like okay, well, you just told us to take charge. I did, and now I'm like, you know. And so that was the feeling was constantly. I I had felt at the end of the day, and looking back, I had felt I had been set up. Not that's a bad way to put it. It wasn't that I was set up. It was that there was no way I could succeed. There was no possible way to succeed. And so at the end of this, where we're supposed to, in our minds, we came into it, 
receive our instructor credential. At the end of this, there was just this taste that like, we don't know the path forward. We we're not good enough now and we don't know what's not good enough and we don't know where we screwed up and we weren't even really set up at least what we felt at the time to succeed or I felt I keep on using the word I instead of we. So it was a big letdown out of that experience because like I said, I think in retrospect out of all the things that that were going on in that time period, one of them had to had to break, had to drop. And the one that ended up dropping was not the participants experience, all the participants loved it. We read all the reviews. We read the reviews of us, right? I got reviewed <laughs> and all of it's positive. All of it's great. They had a fantastic time. It's a fan. It's an amazing model that, that now UTD is carrying forward. And I'm hoping to do a skills camp um, when it cools down out here a little <laughs> bit uh, here in the, in the Texas area. I think they're, it's a great model, but it's not a great model yet to combine it with an IDC. And we were test subject 001 and 002 on why that's the case, right? And so I walked away from San Diego very discouraged, um, questioning whether I wanted to continue on, feeling like, you know, there's nothing I can do to succeed. And I, I just want like the path, you know, I want to be told like, I want to go back to that certification, pay for certification model. Like <laughs> I get told, check this box and this box you're and this box go. and you're good to go. Like I wanted that because yeah. it was like, man, I put in so much work and so much effort. And the outcome of this was you didn't make it and you don't know why. And you didn't, you didn't feel like you were, you were prepared to be successful. It was, it was challenging. It was, it was disheartening. It was all of those things. And uh, for me, you know, I put a lot of effort into it, put some other things on pause in my life. When I came back from San Diego, I was like, well, scuba's going on the back burner. Like scuba's going on the back and everything to do with scuba's going on the back burner because I just can't emotionally rally myself to want to get back in the water right now because of that experience. It was that, it was that emotional for me. Um, now, was I overacting? Maybe, but that's how I felt. Well, I mean, that's, that's a tough situation to be in there's no doubt about that you know there's a huge build up you know the higher the high the lower the low right um were you were things addressed were you ever able to address the uh the people in charge in a sense like uh, of like how and why it turned out the way that it did because you said like oh we didn't even know why did you was that why figured out yeah, so that was the other part that was a little bit disheartening too, was there was there was a period of time, let's call it two weeks, I think it was, where there was no debrief. And we had booked extra days to stay there because we were told, hey, if we need extra days to clean up things, like let's stay. And and we didn't get back in the water. There wasn't any communication of like, let's get it back in the water and work on this or work on that. I think the leadership of UTD was figuring out what went wrong and how to fix it in that time period. But for me, it felt like a time period of like total uncertainty and radio silence, which didn't feel good either, right? And so at the end of that, there was kind of a, I always joke, the come to Jesus, like, you know, <laughs> meeting, like, and and to Jeff's credit and to UTD's credit, which is huge credit, we, you know, he said, look, I effed up. I effed up. I thought we could, you know, get more than what we got out of this experience and now it's my job to fix it. And so I understand how you feel. I understand what happened. Um, but now it's my job to fix it. So uh, that was re reassuring to me in the sense that like if it, there was just no awareness that that was a bad experience for me, like I think that would have been really hard to continue forward. 
I think it was a good thing to recognize. And I think, again, there's an acceptance of like, I don't want to be told I'm this, this back to the coaching program and what I desire. I want to be told I'm good enough when I'm not. And so that comes with hard knocks as well. And so there's an acceptance for me of, hey, I need to be accepting of the fact that I don't know what I don't know and that the experience was what it was for me, but it's not the whole picture. It's part of the picture. And then there's a other side of it of accepting that, hey, you're part of an organization and you're purposely part of this organization that is trying new things. And with that comes awesome. We're trying new things. One edge of the sword. The other edge of the sword is, oh my gosh, that sucked. We tried something new. <laughs> it didn't work. And so there were both of those things. And so it took me a while to reconcile those things in my mind. And like I said, to, to UTD and, and to Jeff's credit, there was ownership of the experience. There's ownership of um, what happened. And again, in the grand scheme of things, it's a, it's a little blip in the world. Right. But to oh, me, yeah. it felt like such yeah. a, such a, an, an emotional experience. And so from that, there was kind of a, a generalized, like, here's how we're going to put our feet forward. If you continue to move forward, um, that came out of that, that come to Jesus meeting. And, and I walked away from that, uh, feeling satisfied that, Hey, you know, at least this is being addressed and I felt heard and, you know, at least that there's a way that we can, we can move forward. Uh, cause at that point I wasn't sure if I was going to move forward, I was just going to you know, go back to Patty and get the check marks <laughs> or whatever, you know, like I wasn't sure what I was going to do yet. What, um, so what was the, the, uh, so obviously UTD had been as three for the training side of it. What was the old, uh, method of instruction? Like the IDC, was it kind of the more go through a program, meet here, go through the skills, become an instructor. Like what, 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 what was, do you know from the old to the new, what the major differences were? I don't know definitively. Cause obviously I wasn't there. Um, from what I've gathered, it was much more cause the coaching program didn't exist. And so I think a lot of the instructor candidates came out of traditional courses. And so though, as you progressed in those courses, you know, there might be a person that shows leadership potential and they say, Hey, let's, let's start this leadership path. And it was much more, I think from what I've gathered. And, and again, I, I can stand corrected on this cause I don't, I don't know definitively, so I can't speak with authority here, but it was much more of a, of a mentorship kind of alongside of somebody program that you went through similar to probably GUE's program today. There wasn't this kind of online cohort based program because it didn't exist until they created it with us, right? Yeah. As the first goer. So my guess is that people went through much more of a traditional working alongside of an instructor in person, a traditional IDC, you know, dive mastering or interning quote unquote for a period of time, all of that to become an instructor. Um, but that's just what I've gathered from talking to other older UTD instructors. I don't know definitively yeah. what the process was. Um, so I guess not really fast forward. Let's continue the journey as we should say, as we say here. Um, so from the time the debacle, the, the great debacle, we'll call it, uh, <laughs> happened, what like bring us forward from that? Like, so what was the, you, you had your, your debrief, 
They explain the situation. Um, where did it go from there? Yeah. So the biggest lesson for me out of that feeling of like, I think that jokingly people call it the eBay moment. Um, that, you know, where you're ready to, now it's the, the marketplace moment. Cause I don't know if anyone sells, I've never sold gear on eBay, but, uh, it was that moment where you're like, I'm throwing all my scuba gear up on the online <laughs> and letting someone buy it all. And I'm going to go like take up recreational golf or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate golf. That's how bad it was. Right. <laughs> so like, I don't know what, from that moment, one of the big lessons was I need to, I've been working so hard on all this that scuba is a little bit of work and I loved all that work but I need to die for fun and so from that moment on the the most important thing I did was I got back in the water and I don't remember if it was you or or with you or who I, who I dove with but I forced myself it was cold and I forced myself like oh, it's never easy <laughs> go get in the water and die for fun don't go in a pool don't work on any skill don't even think about a skill, which of course never happens, but don't even think about how you're doing in the water. Just go and be in the water and, and take a couple of dives and enjoy. That was therapeutic for me. And so I recommend for anyone that's out there that's listening to this, if you have that marketplace moment, like that you have a really tough, challenging dive that kicks your butt or a tough course that you know you go through or an experience that you have, get back to the level. I think I went like for a 40 foot, you know, around like, the along the rocks dives, you know, like, like just mindless in some ways dive. And it was like, yeah, I do love this. And I do really love it. And I just want to focus on this for a bit. So there was a period of time where I said, look, I, did, I just want to pause on all the content and work and anything else. I just want to focus on diving and I want to have a good time doing that. And, and so I did. And I took some time to just dive and, and do stupid 60 foot, you know, nothing dives and, and not challenge myself or anything like that. And it was good for me. And then from that came, you know, okay, I want to ramp up the intensity of my training a little bit. I want to take harder dives. I was building a team alongside of all this as well. And so I want to start to really work on that. And a path forward came through where it's like, okay, well, let's, the, we under, we passed all our academics. So out of this IDC, the academics are all passed, right? Which is not a easy feat. Like that's a pretty hefty load. So all that's done. All the in-water skills are checked off on, right? All the in-water stuff that we need to be able to do, personal skills checked off on, right? Out of this IDC. So it wasn't for not, right? We, we got some things, quote unquote, checked off. But the the piece of it that wasn't really there was, Hey, how do you conduct classes and how do you do die, the diving part of it as a team? And that was a very fair point because I had not yet taken a, a traditional UTD course. It had all been through the coaching program. So I hadn't been with an instru a UTD instructor in a team doing a course. And so we decided um, with my coach, you know, kind of one of the pieces of the path forward was let's do... Uh, an essentials of tech course. So, which is basically GUE fundies. It's, you know, let's do that course. You'd be a student. I don't care what the outcome of the course is. Just be a student and see how these courses are run. See how the diving goes within the team aspect. And so that seemed like a good next step. And so, you know, that's what we did. We, we, we did an essentials course with um, my colleague uh, who is also an instructor candidate 
and a teammate of mine. We all got in the water with James. James actually ended up coming here to Texas. And it was a fantastic weekend. I mean, it was really, really good. It was enlightening. It showed the value of the coaching in the sense that there was so much that we had already understood and that didn't need to be gone through over and over and over again. And so that gave us the chance to move from the academics and the technique pieces of it. Like, you know, yeah, there's a little bit of fine tuning of your, you know, modified flutter kick or whatever, but mostly it was about the team aspect of the diving and, and dealing with incidents under the water as a team, uh, whether it be a, a line entanglement or it be, you know, a uh, out of gas, uh, you know, a seven minute ascent or whatever those things would be. These were inf- kind of inflicted on us as critical skills throughout the dive that we had to team. Um, and in some of them we did good. And in some of them it, it showed some weaknesses and it was really, really good to go through that course. And to me, that was the next step in my development as a, as an instructor candidate was to say, okay, let's actually understand how you take three or four divers in the water and lead them to their own learnings around team diving and the team aspects of this. I can sit there and teach someone in a pool all day long how to dial in a a frog kick, but teaching them how to deal with, you know, a line entanglement and out of gas, you know, um, restriction ascent, totally different. So I understood the reasoning behind that course and really got a lot out of uh, spending time with James, you know, working through things, learned, you know, one of the things I'm still working on, will continue to work on is controlling my emotions underwater. I, I don't get, I get mad here and there, but I think I get more disappointed in myself if I make a mistake. And that's one of those things where you've got to really control your emotions. You're going to make mistakes. And so getting frustrated with yourself, you know, I expect that perfection. It's what I want. And when I don't nail it, in the way that I know I'm, I can, it bothers me. And so that was one of the lessons from that, uh, coming out of that. And the other lesson was, again, I just, uh, needed to see more of the crazy things that people will do under the water, um, <laughs> to be able to, to react to it. I just haven't seen enough of it. And so those were the two takeaways from that. Um, so was that all that needed to be done in order for, the program to be complete in a sense or what, what else was, so at the end of that course, where were you in, in the standing of not like mentally, but yeah. in the journey, this journey that we're speaking about? Yeah. So, so out of the San Diego IDC, which wasn't an IDC, let's just call it skills camp <laughs> because that's what it was out of that. The great was, debacle. Let's do essentials. So let's do a course. Um, let's do some just fun diving and then let's ramp that up and then let's do when you're in San Diego again, cause I was planning to be back for a wedding when you're in San Diego again, let's do a mock class where you're the instructor and we'll have, you know, students for you and, um, we'll, we'll actually get in the ocean and do the diving and see where we are. So that happened a few weeks ago, a month ago. Uh, I was in San Diego, went for a wedding, you know, summer vacation type thing, got in the water and, and it was a really good experience because there were things that I just don't, didn't know uh, about hurting the cats under the water in some ways. It was a tough experience because my students quote unquote were my the CEO of the company and, you know, another diver who I really respect who's an instructor. 
and they were my students. And so I had a hard time in that moment making that transition, like treating them as real students. <laughs> like it was hard for me. Whereas like, I think, I think if I had approached that mentally a little differently, I think it could have been better. And I think the better approach would have been like their students until the, until they make me stop treating them as such. Oof. I was kind of in the sense of like, well, yeah, you're students, but like really, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and so it was, it was tough to navigate that. And, and it exposed some, some areas for me where, you know, the biggest, the, the biggest couple of them that it exposes one is, is learning what to correct under the water versus what to correct on the surface versus what to correct in video review. And having that thought process was was not something that was totally present for me. There were a lot of things that I was like, you know, let, let's let's correct that in video review because I can address that. Like, for example, one of the things was, you know, one of the instructors kept putting their hands on the bottom, pushing off the bottom, pushing off the bottom, pushing off the bottom. And I saw it. It wasn't like I didn't see it, but I just got good video of it. And my plan was, hey, that evening we're going to address that um, and and talk about it and why that's bad and things like that. And really I should have addressed that in the moment because that's something that becomes habitual if yeah. you don't address it. So the, the balancing between that was one takeaway from that. And then the other one was really learning about correlation. So I'm, I'm strong on teaching uh, the fundamental content and the academics and the theory and all these things, but then correlating it back to like, real world diving is a very important step. And so those were two things like gaining that control under the water of when to correct things when not being in complete control of what's happening with the students underwater, plus learning how to teach in correlation mode, not just theory mode, were the two outcomes of that. So that's where we are now. Um, I've earned my dive master certification, which in some ways felt like a consolation prize um, because it wasn't my goal. In other ways, it makes me a coach. Um, I can now be a coach, which was my goal in the, in the first place. And I can take certified divers in the water anywhere I want. I just can't call it a class and I can't issue a certification. And so it really is all the good parts. Uh, what I can't do is issue certifications and take uncertified divers in the water, which in a lot of ways, I don't know if I want to, right? Like I think Patty might do a great job of, of getting through, you know, your open water certification. And then for divers that want to continue and get better, maybe that's where I come in. I don't know yet. Right. Yeah. But the, the instructor path is still ongoing for me. Um, you know, it's still something that I want to gain more experience in seeing people under the water. For example, last week I went diving and dive mastered a boat, right. And just was there with some divers that were, you know, relatively new to diving and I was just their dive buddy, um, you know, and was observing what was going on and trying to keep everyone safe, but without like the formal, like I'm your dive guide uh, yeah. title. And so there's things for me to see under the water. There's things for me to still fix. There's training to do in terms of that. But the path forward from here is really to gain some of that experience for me to get comfortable. And then let's reassess. Let's see what happens. Right. And so, uh, again, I think I've, I have a torn mind because on one side I can be very goal oriented in the sense that my goal was to be an instructor. Anything short of that feels like a consolation prize. On the other end, the outcome is not the most important thing. And when I stop and, and I think back on the journey that I've taken to get here, man, I've got so much better as a diver, as a person, as 
um, an instructor, um, as someone who understands, you know, scuba and how to speak about it and things that has only gotten better for me. And I've met some incredible people, some lifelong friends, I feel like now through this journey. And I've had some really interesting experiences, good and bad. And so the reflection point is, is really on the fact that the journey has been great. There's been times I didn't like it. And there's been times it's been really hard. And there've been times I want to throw my gear on marketplace and get out, you know, and, and, um, you know, spend, spending hours on my back kick is hard, you know, but I have it now, you know, I don't even think about it anymore. Um, and so those, those things, you know, yes, the, the goal, the end goal, the outcome of all of this is going to be instructor. But when I get that, it's not like I'm going to have 20 people lined up to take open water. Really what I want to start doing now is building up my coaching experience and my experience around taking certified divers in the water and see how I can do, uh, you know, learn my way through it. And, and eventually that instructor credential will come. Um, it will be a natural extension of the work I've put in, but that's not what I'm chasing anymore. Right now I'm kind of at the point where I'm happy with what I have and I'm going to let everything else come to me naturally. Cool. No, I like that. I think that's a, a great idea because at the end of the day, more experience is not going to hurt the journey at the end of the day. But no, and it is a tough, uh, it could always be any journey. There's always ups and downs. And like I said, the higher, the highs, the lower, the lows. But uh, so as of today, no, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're you're in a pretty, pretty good place. Yeah, I feel like I am. I mean, it, like I said, if you think about that hero's journey, I can see it so clearly, that circle for me. And I'm at that place right now where... I think I faced the the bad guy, the 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 dragon, the you know King Koopa, King Koopa, <laughs> you know Voldemort, whoever. I faced them and and I've defeated that. And I think that facing of it was like was in some ways myself, but also the the process of you know the unknown and and that emotional challenge of working through it. I think I'm in the place where I'm incorporating all of those learnings and coming back to like my normal self, my, my, the real world in some ways. And that's chilled me out in the sense that, look, there's a lot of learnings I've gained and a lot of experience I've, I've had that I need to incorporate into just my life and my, and my diving and my technique. And there's still more to learn, but, but the hill isn't like a mountain anymore. It's okay. I need to see this a few more times. Okay. And I, and I kind of now understand what I, where I'm where I need more. And I think in other agencies, and, and this is not to, to tout UTD in any other way um, or, or to disparage any other agency, but I think what I've appreciated now and probably a month from now and, and then months after this, I'll appreciate even more. But what I'm starting to gain an appreciation for is what I said before in the coaching program is that it's, it's slowing down the process in order to really understand and master the 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 fundamentals that you need to be successful and although that process is painful because it doesn't come out with with a shiny outcome sometimes and that's that's the feeling that i had um that process is extremely valuable and so it's a little bit of a combination of where i am now is chilling out resting in the fact that like there are still things i'm learning but the hill isn't you know a mountaintop to climb. I climb the mountain. I'm coming back down and it will happen when it happens. So it's chilling out around that. It's trusting 
your mentors and the people that are around you. And I have some great mentors around me and I'm very thankful for that. It's trusting they know what they're doing and, and will be honest with you and aren't, aren't going to check you off and, unless um, they know that you're prepared to, to take on that responsibility. And then it's also just, again, focusing on reflection of the journey rather than the, the desire of the outcome. And those, that's where I'm at right now, which is a really good place. Um, I can't say that I've been here. I wish I was in this state of Zen for, you know, <laughs> the whole time through, but I haven't. There's been emotional highs and emotional lows. I've been pissed off. I've been extremely happy. I've been disappointed. I've been the, the full gamut of emotions, uh, exhausted, uh, infuriated, um, jealous, you, you name it. I, I've had it, have had it all regretful. I should have just like, coaster of emotions, yeah, you can like say. there were some points I'm like, man, I should have just went and done this with a whatever agency <laughs> I'd have been done months ago. Like, cause that, you know, but that's not me. Yeah. And so I, I chose a challenging organization. I chose the path that I chose. And now I've had to accept that the good, the bad, the ugly, and I'm happy with that decision. Um, and man, the day that I get that instructor card, like I said, it's not that I have people lined up ready to go. It's going to be a huge, you know, party because of that, right? Yeah. You know, it's going to be like, oh, this is amazing. Because now I know I've earned it. I've yeah. earned that. There's no nothing anyone could ever say that would say I didn't earn it because it, I've been through the the journey and I've lived it. So as of today, there's no set date. It's just when it comes, it comes to be determined. Yeah, no set date, no like, and I don't even, I'm not even pushing it right now. Yeah. You know, it's like, let's just see what happens. And I'm sure there will be a reevaluation and all of that stuff. But it's, it's not really like, right now, I want to focus on building out my, co I want to get a couple coaching clients. So if you're out there and you want to, uh, <laughs> want, want some coaching, you want to go through this journey, it sounds fun <laughs> to you. Hey, reach out. But no, seriously, like, I, you know, I'm starting up my, my coaching practice. Um, I think the best I've come up with right now is Gardner Underwater. So <laughs> there it is, uh, GardnerUnderwater.com. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll, I want to get some experience doing that and and it will come. I, I don't know when. I don't have a timeline on it. I don't have a, a need for a timeline in this moment. So uh, I'm just kind of enjoying the process or trying to enjoy the process right now. So I'll end it on two questions. Uh-oh. Um, First, because I, I know um, in the, I don't know if it's necessarily the the side mount world, uh, but I know, and you've, you've experienced this firsthand, um, just kind of briefly talk about like your experience and thoughts, because you've now done both, and, and I know it's not called the Z system anymore. Oh, you want to talk side mount? You've yeah, side yeah, mount. just because okay. I know there's kind of uh, 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 just... Just, just, I'm just curious because I know that a lot, a lot of people are. When I kind of first started hearing of the UTD, it was the. It's not the Z system anymore, correct? No, it's not anymore. Yeah, it used to be so, a Z, Z manifold. Yeah, Z system, yeah. yeah. And so there's the basically it's it's uh, side mount in uh, as non-independent doubles as opposed to independent doubles. So you've gone through both. You've done both. Like you've yeah. dove one very heavily you've got another the you've done both like where are you at what are your thoughts on that like just i'm just curious at this point because yeah. you you're very familiar with both so i just i'm curious yeah so the so the the z system originally was part of utd manufacturing and and it's a 
the, the concept is solid in the sense that one of the problems that DIR, whether you're GUE or your UTD or your TDI trying to do DIR, one of the problems with side mount as a configuration, not as a tool. So, so as a tool, side mount was kind of strapped on to your backplate, right? Um, you slung them. And that if you had to use it to get through a restriction that you couldn't get through on double back mounted, right? And so it evolved from there. And obviously we've talked about this before with Steve Bogarts and all of those things. And so the evolution of side mount becoming independent doubles, right? So you have two independent cylinders, two independent first stages, two independent second stages, so on and so forth, really came out of the need in cave diving in a lot of ways in restrictions that you had to take bottles off, right? Um, and you couldn't wear backbounded doubles into those restrictions. So one of the problems that, that presents to DIR is in general, and, and again, I'm no expert on all this stuff, but I, I've been around long enough to understand it, is that it changes your procedures for emergency procedures in significant ways, right? Uh, so uh, you may not be do donating the, the long hose at that point or breathing off the long hose, right? Um, you might be breathing off the necklace to keep the tanks balanced. Right, you may gas management becomes really important. So, where do you hold rock bottom? Which point? Which bottle? Right? Um, do, you know, some people dive independent side mount with no long hose, right? And so on and so forth. So the so the configuration itself lends itself, as I think a lot of side mount folks will tell you, to a personal preference on your configuration, which is very outside of a DIR perspective and philosophy, which is a unified approach. To configuration across all platforms. So backbound singles, backbound and doubles, side mount. So the Z system came out of solving that problem of keeping a unified platform and unified procedures in place while still diving side mount bottles. Um, there are a lot of other benefits, but that's where it came out of. So when UTD equipment and UTD training split, well, the equipment didn't go through to the training side. And so, gosh, this is about a year ago or so, maybe a little bit less. Um, I think I was diver number three in a prototyped out way, hose configuration essentially, of solving that problem, which was simply to create or to put two blocks into the system and an isolator that then from a low pressure perspective, quote unquote, mix the gas, didn't mix the gas itself, but it gave you access to both gas sources, both bottles with the ability to consistently breathe off of the long hose for the duration of the dive, which meant you can donate from the long hose. And the minute that one bottle is hooked up through a QC6 system, right? As soon as that's hooked up, you have access to gas everywhere, right? So it, it solved a pretty big problem that side mount can present to a DIR philosophy. And so I dove that system and I liked that system and it's a lot of hoses. And if you count failure points, um, if that's the type of diver you are, that system is not going to be for you. Um, and I could understand the reason behind it because it kept all of my training consistent, right? There was nothing I had to do differently for side mount from a procedural standpoint other than obviously it's different to hook up the bottles on your side than it is to put back mounted back mounted back plate, right? Um, 
but then when I went and trained in Mexico, I, I brought that system. We talked about it. We decided that I was going to train what you can call, I don't even know if you can call it traditional side mount now, but essentially let's call it Mexican side mount or at least that version of it. Right. Um, and learn their way of diving it because I was curious and I wanted to learn. And so now I've had a lot of experience in both configurations and I think they're both valid cons- configurations. I don't think there's one that's better than the other. Um, they both solve different problems. So if I'm diving, you know, and my, my worry as a diver is number of failures, right? Low pressure O-ring failures, or, you know, my worry is, you know, the ability to, you know, stay consistent with other people that are diving side mount in their way or whatever those things are, then that the UTV system is not a good solution, right? It, it presents problems for you and the ones that you want to solve. If, you know, you're worried about, um, you know, the, the, the procedural stuff and you're worried about maintaining a consistent platform because you're constantly mixed diving or you're diving exclusively. Like I think about a traveling, you know, GUE instructor, for example, who's constantly in the water um, and they're, you know, only diving with other divers that are trained in their procedures, then yeah, the UTD system solves a big problem there, right? It's not even the UTD system. It's just a hose configuration at this point. And so um, I think they're both valid. I Where I kind of am with it is I really enjoy back-mounted doubles as well. And so for my more standard UTD diving and instruction and things like that, I dive a lot back-mounted doubles. Uh, every once in a while, I'll bring out the side mount kit just to dial it in. But unless I need that kit for something, it's it's not necessary for me to be in that because I'm not teaching cave, right? I'm not teaching rec. When I'm a student and in my cave courses, I'm diving in the configuration that my instructor asked me to dive in, which is more of a traditional Mexican side mount kit. And that's okay, right? Because I know our procedures are aligned because we've walked through them. So I think both are tools they solve different problems. One's not better than the other. I think UTD, from what I've gathered, I wasn't there, has taken a lot of hit for this Z manifold system. And there's a lot of misunderstanding. And um, I think the intention was to solve a real problem. And it did solve that problem in a way. But with every problem you solve, you create other problems. And it created other problems that people weren't comfortable with. And so it kind of has this stigma in some ways. And uh, again, I'm new to it. And I, I don't... You know, I don't care in a lot of ways. If it has a stigma, it's not really my concern. Um, But at the same time, I fly that UTD flag and people say, well, you, whoa, 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 (laughs) you know, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I I understand where you're coming from. But at the same time, like, I'm not saying one is better. I think they, they both solve different problems. And that's where I've arrived with it. And uh, and yeah, I mean, I think that side mount in general is a tool to solve a problem, right? And so if you apply the right tools for the problem that you're trying to solve and the, and the things that you want to, you know, mitigate from a risk perspective, then you can find a configuration that works for you. But I'm not necessarily an evangelist of one or the other. Um, I can understand why both of them have valid points. And depending on the diving I'm doing, if I'm diving with team guys, right, and we want to make sure all our procedures are aligned because we're on a really 
tough dive and I'm, I have to be inside now, I'm probably diving the UTD system um, or that coast configuration. If I'm in a Mexican cave with, you know, you and, you know, we're aligned on our procedures, then I can dive independent side mount and that's fine. Um, you know, I don't think you have to be a zealot one way or the other. All right, cool. No, I like that perspective. Uh, just cause it is, it is kind of a talked about subject I feel out there. And last question, um, it wouldn't be me if I didn't ask and you know me, I love my jokes. Was the Kool-Aid good? <laughs> and so what you, flavor was you, it? It's funny because you you guys think I drank the Kool-Aid. And I did. I did drink the Kool-Aid. And the Kool-Aid um, was great <laughs> in the sense that uh, it, it I've learned so much and gained so much from this experience, uh, from the experience of joining UTD. Now, there's a line. And I'm having to learn about that line. That when you experience something, and I think this is true in anything, right? Like, let's just play with ice cream, for example, <laughs> instead of Kool-Aid. I don't even know if anyone knows what Kool-Aid is anymore. But randomly, just randomly on, on a side note, we're sitting in our living room as a family uh, this week or two ago, something like that. And we, we hear, my wife and I hear the sound in our neighborhood, which is not like a well-known neighborhood. We're out kind of in the sticks, right? In the boonies. We hear in the sound in our neighborhood. Of the ice cream truck, <laughs> the ice cream man. My kids are like, what's that? My, my wife and I looked at each other like, do we tell them? Like, there's a guy driving around with ice cream that you can buy? Like, I don't know. Should we tell them? Like, I guess we have to. And I remember in back in, that was a big deal for us oh, to buy. Yeah. Like, huge. You know, Choco Tacos and um, <laughs> the, the bubblegum cigarettes. I know. I was going to say the bubblegum uh, cigarettes. Atomic like, Fireballs were five cents. I was Airhead. I Airheads, love Airheads. Yes, yeah. yeah, you seem like it. Anyways, the ice cream truck man came through, and uh, and so we took our kids and we got an ice cream truck experience. And now they hear that sound, and just like I was when I was a kid, like I think it comes like once every couple or once a week or something like that. It's pretty funny. <laughs> so let's talk about ice cream though. You have you've had vanilla, and you're like, okay, I'm tired of vanilla. And then you try chocolate. All of a sudden, you're like, chocolate is the greatest thing that ever existed <laughs> on in the world, right? And then you know, you, and then you go tell everybody, no, chocolate ice cream is the best. Like that's the way it goes. <laughs> and then maybe you have chocolate with marshmallows and nuts in it. If you're that kind of person, or you have chocolate, double chocolate fudge, or you have mint and chip, or you have another experience. And all of a sudden, you know, you're comparing that back to your past one. So I think for me, my journey with UTD was definitely like I had vanilla and I was <laughs> sick of it. <laughs> and then I got a taste of chocolate and I was convinced and I loved it. And I have to say, it's not just been chocolate. It's been lots of flavors and it's, and I am a firm believer in <clears throat> DIR as a philosophy and as a foundation. And I think I've said this in the past, I'm a DIR diver, like that's it. And I, I that's my foundation. That's what I'm working from, but it's not the end of the story. It's not the end of, end all be all of everything there are lots of ways of diving there are lots of ways of approaching these things some of them are inherently stupid <laughs> and inherently unsafe some of them are with no logic behind it and i'm not like oh let's try it that way just because joe schmo did it or because they had a youtube video about it like no they're like if you can't explain to me the reason behind it it makes no sense to me but 
there are methods and techniques and ways of diving that people use in different environments and different techniques to achieve different things that are not DIR and that's fine. And, and I can learn from those and I'm accepting those. So I think like I went down like naturally the rabbit hole, the, the chocolate's <laughs> the best thing in the world uh, path and, and have evolved. I think what I'd be worried about is if I didn't evolve, <laughs> but I would, I would honestly say though, that, that, DIR for me and the experience I had with UTD and with that transition in my diving career was phenomenal and it still is phenomenal. And, and I think there's a ton to gain from it, but you have to be the type of person and the type of diver that wants that, um, that wants that scrutiny, that wants that feedback, that desires that level of precision in what you're trying to accomplish. If you don't, if that's not something that you want, if that's not in your goal then it's then it seems like overkill it's in you know so i don't think i think i'm an evangelist for utd and what it did for me i think i'm an evangelist for sure for dir and what that philosophy means and and how it's evolved and i'm becoming more of a historian around it um more trying to understand and read all the old stuff and and be informed but i think overall i'm just a, a fanatic about diving and and I recognize that there are lots of flavors. Not all of them are good and not all of them are for me, um, but not all of them are bad. And just because people do things differently doesn't mean it's good or bad. It just means they do it differently. It's only bad if it's one, being forced upon you or two, it puts that diver or other divers. That's the one I really struggle with in you know an unsafe uh, position. That's where for me, the line's kind of like, you can do whatever you want up to a point of like, no, no, you're putting other people in jeopardy yeah. or, you know, hey, if you want to put yourself in jeopardy, there's a there's a weird line there too of like, how far do you let somebody go with that? I don't know. You know, like at the end of the day, it's their responsibility to take care of themselves. And, but if like, if it's out of negligence, then you probably should speak up. But if it's out of, I don't know, it's just, I don't know. There's some things that there's still a line to find in that. Uh, but for me, I've kind of settled down and said, like, look, there's lots of ways of diving. This is my foundation, and I love my foundation. And I'm an evangelist for my foundation. Cool. So moral of the story, there's many different flavors, and the Kool-Aid was good. <laughs> moral of the story, <laughs> and, yes. And, I mean, I, I drank the Kool-Aid of scuba, you could even say, just because I'm, well, I'm split a fanatic. Fin. You're yeah. like split-fin fanatic you know? for a while there. But, no, thank you very much <laughs> for the... Uh, the the journey episode this has been awesome just to kind of hear you know where you were where you were going where you're at right now so thank you and uh if you enjoyed it out there please look us up at www.thedivetable.com and uh you know check out our one of our dive clubs, if you guys like it, you know, go on there. You can check out one of our clubs and, and you know, be a be a subscribing member to hear more exclusive content. Uh, I'm not really good at these closing segments. I'm trying to get better. Yeah, so, you got it. You're good. Um, but uh, any any other thing to add? Um, do you do you have a? Uh, I know you kind of joked around. Gardener underwater is that set in stone yet or no? Y yeah, let's go with it. Gardenerunderwater.com. Gardener <laughs> sure. Let's. I'll have to go buy that now and all right, set well, it all I up. Well, I didn't know. I no, didn't no, know if you perfect. wanted to. Uh, uh, I don't have know. anything better. I don't want it to be like some fancy you know funny name it's just like it's Gardner straightforward underwater explorations no. <laughs> yeah there we go then i'm g-u-e yeah <laughs>
that would actually be Gardner underwater experience (laughs) or GUE. But no, check us out. And, and eventually there will be a link, uh, to that through our, our webpage. So please check us out. And if, you know, if you guys are loving what you're hearing and I hope you are, you'll continue listening and, uh, I appreciate your time and I hope you enjoyed the episode. The Dive Table is a production of Fish Dive Surf Incorporated and a member of the Fish Dive Surf Podcast Network. You can find out more at www.fishdivesurf.com.